Hey, Shadows listeners. If you're looking to make some extra income that also impacts people, then you need to look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. If you don't already know, Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years. I got certified through Giant in 2018, and I've been teaching ever since. Just to give you some context, they used to own and operate the John Maxwell brands. They ran the LeaderCast conferences where Jim Collins, Henry Cloud, Malcolm Gladwell, and Simon Sinek, just to name a few, were regular speakers. They have over 500 coaches worldwide, working in over 127 countries, and are being hired by companies like Google, Chick-fil-A, Pfizer, Delta, and more. And yes, you can do this too. I know this might sound intimidating, but Giant will literally give you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch. You get hands-on training from top-level coaches to learn the exact methodology and tools that six-figure coaches are using. You get an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, even if you wanna work 100% remotely. And you'll get to join a thriving community of coaches from all around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn the ins and outs of how to build a successful coaching business. This is both for experienced coaches, consultants, and those who are looking to start coaching and consulting with little to no experience. If you wanna hear the really good news, this whole workshop, it's free, 100% free. And you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash shadows. Why not give it a shot? What's better than making a positive change in people's lives and making some extra money in the process? Giant launches a new hiring cohort every month. Now, they only have 20 coaching slots available each month, so it's first come, first serve. So go ahead and make sure you reserve your spot. If you're ready to make an impact and get paid doing it, go to giant.tv forward slash shadows, giant.tv forward slash shadows. Hello, everyone. My name is Caleb Pearson, and I am your guardian of the torch and host of the Ignite podcast. It's been a minute. We've been out for a little bit, but that's okay because we are coming back quick with season two soon to come here this October. Look for us. We will be featuring guests such as Trip Bodenheimer, Scott Mason, Oleg Lohi, and some of my own mentors like Chief Duggar, now retired, Kimberly Hayes, and of course, the wonderful and always delightful Shea Sparks. Continue to follow us, see what we're doing. Season two of the Ignite podcast is coming soon. We're going to be kicking it off, going live, and then posting for your listening pleasure whenever you want to, streaming on all podcast platforms, and I will keep the light on on the torch. All right, I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Rise from the Shadows. I'm your host, Bodhi. We're going to be doing something a little bit different today. We are celebrating not only our one-year anniversary of hanging around with the Shadows podcast, but also we're celebrating Halloween. I'm a big Halloween guy. I love Halloween. It's probably my favorite holiday. Uh, if you notice on our Instagram page, at the underscore Shadows podcast, 
we have had 31 days worth of Halloween posters that we're going to have. And they're kind of uh, little, you know, revamped posters with the Shadows Podcast feel, little Shadows Podcast spin to them. Hopefully you're liking those. I'm loving the feedback that I'm receiving from people. I'm having fun doing it, to be honest with you, because um, I'm just a, a hard nerd. But what we're going to be doing now is we are going to conclude our uh, contest giveaway that we had for Halloween slash one year anniversary. So I told you to go on to Instagram, like the video, comment on the video, tag some people in it. I appreciate the support that everybody's been doing. Uh, and what I'm going to do now, uh, because, yeah, I'm that kind of guy. You got to download this. You got to listen to it to see who won. I don't just throw it up on the Instagram page. But I'm going to spin the wheel here in just a second. And we're going to see who exactly won. I'm going to do this live on here. You'll actually probably be able to hear the little wind will spinning. I've plugged everybody's names in. Um, everybody's getting credit for as many votes as you deserved. And before we do that, I'm going to take a sip of this coffee here. Courtesy of this is Angela's cup of coffee that she got uh, through Buy Me a Coffee, which if you go to um, www.shadowspodcast.com, if you like what we're doing, you want to support the show, all you got to do is click the little yellow coffee cup in the bottom corner. Uh, you can buy one, two, 10, 300 cups of coffee. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to be angry regardless of how many. I appreciate all the support. Um, be giving people shout outs um, for each of those throughout the episodes. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and spin this wheel. And we are going to see who exactly won the official Shadows podcast patch. You win a handwritten note. You win a book, Tribal Leadership, Leverage Your Natural Groups to Build a Thriving Organization. And also you receive either five voices or five gears uh, for as many people as you want. I'll do it, um, you know, at the time that's suiting for you. Uh, but let's see who won. Let's go ahead and spin this wheel. I've done enough talking. Here it's spinning. And the winner is. Oh, we even got a crowd. Did you hear that? All right, we have a winner, folks. It looks like our winner is Jessica. Jessica Douglas, that's who our winner is. Jessica, hopefully I said your last name right. But yeah, you'll be getting the patch, the book, everything delivered to you uh, along with the lessons. So I'll definitely reach out, be in contact with you. But thank you everyone for helping out. Thank you everyone for participating. But yeah, thank you everyone for participating in that, for doing that. Uh, I'll definitely be reaching out to you and um, enjoy this episode. This episode is really a cool moment for me. I got to sit down and talk to Amy Wade. She's a senior non-commissioned officer in the United States Air Force. She's a current commandant at the Langley Airman Leadership School. Uh, on this episode, she takes time to reflect on uncomfortable situations that she was thrust into at such a young age, such as public speaking, something that most of us are afraid of. As terrifying as that sounds to most people, she constantly had the support of her mother. So Amy's powerful message is about not only having that corner man in life that instills that courage into you, but being that person for someone else, being someone else's lighthouse. Amy's book recommendation, The Power of Moments, Why Certain Experiences Have Extraordinary Impact by Chip Heath. Definitely check it out. I love the book personally. And you can listen to all episodes of Rise from the Shadows, including this one, Courage, 
at theshadowspodcast.com or over at our link tree, which is in the episode description. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this episode of Rise from the Shadows. Today we're going to talk a little bit about courage and how I came to figure out that it was actually one of my leadership philosophies. I'm the commandant for Langley Airman Leadership School. It's my dream job, so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, I've been in the Air Force around 18 years, loving every minute of it and hoping that I continue loving what I do. Uh, which kind of brings to me to my dream job. So I was an instructor in circa like 2013, 2016. And during that time, I knew that I loved PME. I'd attended a couple of PME sessions, but I knew that it was something that had like grabbed my attention and something I wanted to learn more about. And so during that time, I was there for three years in the United Kingdom. Um, I was an instructor at Feltwell Airman Leadership School. Had amazing commandant, amazing cadre. And after that time, I went back to, and did my original job. I'm Intel. I normally um, do intelligence. And so with that, it, it wasn't that it wasn't fulfilling because it was definitely fulfilling. But it was just that I missed having that connection with students and being able to teach uh, professional military education. And so when I think about that, when I think about where that came from, I guess maybe that, that courage to get up in the morning and teach everybody every single day. I, I thought of a time when I was, um, Bodhi and I were speaking and I was talking about a time that my mom at a very young age told me that I needed to do um, public speaking. And so if you ever remember, which maybe you don't, there was, I, I grew up in Tennessee. And so in Tennessee, they had a program called 4-H and 4-H, st <laughs> 4-H stood for hand, health, heart. I can't remember what the other one was, but <laughs> it was something, <laughs> it was something really, uh, really great. So 4-H. 4-H, you could do all types of things, right? So there were opportunities for public speaking. There were opportunities to raise sheep and cattle and all of these things. And so my mom and dad were really great. And they always fostered all of these dreams and aspirations that I have. So instead of a sheep, instead of raising a sheep, what they decided might be better was try public speaking. So again, fourth grade. In fourth grade, how old are you in fourth grade? We'll say that I was 10. We'll say that I was 10. During that time, my mom was like, cool, here's what we're going to do. It was a public speaking contest. And she was like, Amy, get ready for this public speaking contest. Get your note cards. Write everything that you're going to say on these note cards. And the, I don't know, next week, right? It was next week. It's not like I had a ton of time to prepare. The other part of that is she didn't provide any 
guidance or clarification. I got all of that from this is what you needed to do, right? So I showed up with my note cards. I showed up with my big 80s hair and my huge glasses. And I think it was like a, a black and green, like lime green leopard shirt. And I'm standing in front of everybody. I'm ready to give my speech and I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I was so terrified that my note cards were like this, okay? And when I say like this, like covering up half of my mouth. So you can barely even hear what I'm saying. Oh, and by the way, my mom is recording the whole thing from the beginning until the end, recording it with those big, huge camcorders, just loving life. So I remember walking up and I remember wanting to turn around and go back and sit with her because one, I didn't feel prepared. Two, I wasn't even sure what I was talking about. And three, I didn't feel courageous. But I also remember looking out in the audience and seeing her behind that huge camcorder, just kind of nudging me along. Like, you've got this, basically. So I did it. And it was terrible. And she brought me back home and made me watch it. And not only doing it was terrible, but actually having to watch it was way worse. Because... <laughs> I could feel every moment and every mistake and things that people probably didn't even notice, right? The things that, but that I noticed. And in that moment, she kind of just said, hey, what could you do differently? What are some things that you could change? And you know, a couple of years later, I actually entered the contest again with a little bit more courage, a little bit more preparation and understanding what I was getting myself into. And I did really well. And from that moment, it kind of taught me that if you have someone in your corner, you can kind of do anything if they can teach you and show you that you can believe in yourself. And so I guess what that translates to is being the commandant, there's a lot going on, right? There's a lot of things and you want airmen. We're teaching airmen to be supervisors. We're teaching airmen to have to care for someone else other than themselves. And so in that moment, when I decided to be a commandant, I was like, what is my leadership philosophy? How, if I want to stand for something, what do I stand for? And so I came up with three things that I thought were very, really important to, to be a leader. Trust, empathy, and transparency. I feel like you need all of those things for one to lead and also to get trust from your team. But I think one of the things that I, I've been listening to Brene Brown's podcast, it's called Dare to Lead. And she talked a lot about courage. And when she spoke to me about courage and she wasn't speaking to me, but in my mind, she was speaking to me because it was resonating so hard. The fact is, is that you have to have courage to have any of those things. To trust someone, you have to have courage. To, to provide empathy, you have to have courage. And transparency, you have to have courage. And what I mean by that is for all three of those things to correlate, you have to be courageous. You have to not be afraid of what happens next. So for example, trusting someone with some information that you may need to give them because you may need to speak on it because maybe something is going on in your life. Maybe your grandmother's sick. Maybe you're going through a divorce. You have to trust the people that are in your circle or in your leadership to say, hey, I'm kind of going through this. Same thing with empathy. 
when I think about empathy, I think about it's not how I see the things that you're going through. It's how you or I have to resonate with you. If you're saying, um, Sergeant Wade, my, I don't know, my dog passed away. And, and if maybe I don't like dogs, maybe I don't understand why that's important to you. But instead of showing that person sympathy, understanding what exactly they're going through in that moment at that time, it's not my room. It's not my idea to judge. It's not my place to judge. And so when I talk about transparency, it correlates to vulnerability to me. To be transparent with someone and say, I'm going through this, this is happening to me, I'm not the best person that I need to be in this moment is vulnerable. And to be transparent and to be vulnerable, you have to have courage. Because I don't wanna share a part of myself that you could use against me later. But if I have courage, then that's okay. I understand that you're not going to, or I'm, or I'm courageous enough to be able to show that part of myself. And I think that's what's important about leadership. If you're a leader and you can't show any vulnerabilities and you just, everything is fine, we're all doing great over here, then no one is going to be able to share anything with me because they're not going to be able to resonate with what they have going on and what I go on. It's almost like I don't seem like a person. And so I thought that was, um, so how that correlates to what happened with my mom is that my mom helped me be courageous in a moment where I didn't have any, I guess, belief in myself. I didn't believe I could do it. And just knowing that she was there with me almost like shut everything else out. Even the negative things that I was probably thinking about myself in that moment or the ways where I was saying, oh, I can't do this or, oh, this is too hard. Just having that one person that was willing to be like, no, you can do this made me courageous. And I want to be that person for everyone. I want to be that person for anybody that, that comes in contact with me. Because if maybe you're that person for one person, you could save someone's life. And not even save someone's life, but you could show them the little fire that every single one of us has inside of us. That sometimes we forget because we've been beat down by, I don't know, media, things that are happening in our life, in our lives, any of those things. And so sometimes you just need one person to look and say, hey, you're amazing. And don't forget it. And that's kind of what my mom did for me. And so being a commandant and having my team, that I think that's what is, it's, it's not the only thing that makes the job so amazing, but it's just having that opportunity to be able to connect to airmen and having that opportunity to be able to connect to my team, my A-team, I think that propels um, something great. And so again, I tell them all the time, I always tell the students, we are basically teaching you how to be good humans. So if you're a good human, then you'll be able to supervise and care for someone else other than yourself. All right. Thank you, ma'am, for that awesome message. We got connected. What? A year. A year. So I've been a commandant for a year. And so you- Has it only my, been a year? It's only been a year. It just felt like two years. Right. So that could be good or bad, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> only, wow. So only a year. That's great. Yeah. Amy was actually- in our second virtual class that we had at the Enlisted Professional Military Education Instructor course. She came through, it was, it was a whopper of a class. It was like 24 people in each class, which to a lot of people, they're going to hear that and be like, that's not big at all. But for 
professional military education, 24 people in one class is pretty yeah. big. Well, um, in a virtual class, right? A virtual class. And your and, favorite class. Yeah, it was virtual. It was... A lot of personalities in that class too, which some of them are probably listening. So yeah, I loved every one of them. So yeah, awesome topic. You were talking about courage, talking about public speaking stuff that is very relatable to our audience. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, famous for the quote, more people would be uh, would rather be in the casket than reading the eulogy. I think that's something that a lot of people fear. What What advice do you have for people who struggle, especially our listeners who struggle with public speaking? You know, it's, it's crazy because I used to tell my students this, you're always going to get the butterflies. It's always going to happen, but you have to figure out how to get those butterflies to fly in formation. Use that energy appropriately to be able to just, because you would not believe what that energy can do to propel you as long as you can harness it. So you kind of have to do a lot of preparation. And I say a lot. But I think that's what does, the more you do it, I think not the easier, because I don't think it's easy, but I think the easier it can be for you. And that's more about having those butterflies fly in formation. Yeah, I, st- I still struggle with it. No, I'm not going to lie. I um, very well documented teaching and stuff that I was for, definitely afraid of public speaking when I started teaching. And now I'm comfortable with it. Now I don't have a problem, but I still get nervous time to time. What is the most impactful moment you've had as a leader in the United States Air Force? Wow, that's the most impactful. You know, this is going to sound crazy, but the moment that I found out that I made that I was the commandant for Langley, it, it was impactful in the fact where you finally realize that it's not about the position. It's not about your rank. It's about the people that you get to surround yourself with. And like, for example, meeting you, Bodie, you brought a lot to the table for commandants, for Langley ALS, like all of these things. So I've been put in a position to where I get to not just help other airmen, but also bring PME to the forefront of like people's minds, right? When you think about professional military education, what do you think of? And hopefully it's a positive experience, right? And so I think that my current position, I, I, I have to say having the cadre that I have, having the opportunities that I have, it's, it's immeasurable. Like you can't, I, I can't imagine another job or thing that I would do that would be as amazing as this. So I would say this, my current job. Yeah, not a bad cadre. <laughs> Shout out to the little uh, siren thing y'all have, the little light. I really miss that thing. Yeah. When people walk in, they flip the light. And... <laughs> Matos knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. You should probably get one for your office. I am. And if anybody that comes in has to flip it. Right. Yeah. Um, what is something that you find yourself doing that you possibly do like subconsciously uh, with your kids? that you can relate back to that story for what your mother was doing for you when it pertains to courage? Oh, wow. They would tell you this all the time. I, I try to have them do things for themselves, like in a public setting, if that makes sense. Like, for example, order your food. Yes. Yeah. Order your food, go up to the Starbucks counter without me. And if you want some water or whatever it is you want, 
like just take it upon yourself to do those things. And Livy is three, right? So I don't know that this is appropriate age for Livy to be going and ordering her <laughs> chocolate milk at the counter. As long as you're <laughs> within earshot, you're good, I guess. Right, right. I don't just like send her in by herself, right? <laughs> but the, I think those types of things, I keep putting them in situations that they are very uncomfortable. But I'm like, listen, I promise, I, I think that you will thank me later, I think. Yeah, that's good. We'll, we'll go out to eat, I do that. And, you know, even Becton, when she turned, I believe it was like 10, she would like look at me. She knows what she wants to order. She's told me what she wants to order. But then when the waitress comes, she like stares at me. I'm like, I'm not, I'm no longer a Red Lobster. I'm not taking your order. Um, you do it. You got it. Yeah, he's like, come on, say chicken nuggets and fries. Um, <laughs> serious question, because we were talking about this before we came on the air. Favorite Patrick Swayze movie other than Dirty Dancing? I don't have another one. That's it. That's it. Ghost? <gasps> Ghost. Yeah. I had to help you on that one. Okay, ghost. I'll go with ghost. You're right. You you set me up. That's not fair because I you know I don't know these names. And that we literally we talked about Roadhouse. We talked about Point not Break. My not my favorite, but Ghost. That's yeah. That mm-hmm. yeah, that one. Donnie Darko. I don't know that one. All right, <laughs> now now this is going downhill. All right, <laughs> final question for you and you have no idea that i'm even going to ask you this one right you're not you're not prepared favorite book to recommend for somebody okay so i'm reading currently and i'm loving it the power of moments chip heath chip and dan heath i believe are the authors i didn't know what you said i thought you said chip heath (laughs) yeah chip chip and dan heath (laughs) yeah so Listen, my to kind of go back to my mom a little bit, she, some things that are like going on in this book, it's so crazy that she just automatically did those things. I don't think that she ever read this book. I don't think it's something, but it's so crazy how you can propel a friendship, uh, your family, just by the little things that we probably already do, but you don't understand how much um, power it has. Mm-hmm. You know, my family and I do a lot of traditions because we're military family. And every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, you name it, we probably have some tradition that we do. But what happens is no matter where we are, we're like connected because everybody knows it's coming. Oh, everybody's wearing matching PJs for Christmas because that's just how it works. And on Thanksgiving, we open them up, there's some popcorn, you know, so on and so forth. But it's what keeps us connected. And it's just little moments. Yeah. Uh, crazy thing was before we got on here and started recording, I was meeting with somebody else uh, through a Zoom call. I was reconnecting with a previous guest and we were talking about books. And I recommended that book uh, because of uh, he he'd lost his father a couple of years back. And I was like, power moments is a really good book. It's really, it's something that I always think about. Like I'll be doing something with Beckton or I'll be spending time with somebody. And I'm just like, got to bottle this. I got to remember this. Um, so 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely recommended that one. I thought it was crazy. Whenever I asked you, um, spoiler, I asked you before we started recording and you, you brought that one up. So give me time to Google the authors. But yeah, when y'all do little things like pizza, spaghetti or whatever, the power, of, the power of moments. Yeah, that's, a mo- that's my mom original, right? And so, you know, it's funny because this is obviously not my house, right? Like, so the, the paintings are, are beautiful. That door is really nice. White She's in a hotel room in Washington. <laughs> right. So, but I did little gift gift things for the each of my kids before I left and I put it on their nightstand and it just was a little note. And I don't know, maybe they won't remember this ever, but it's something, and I'm only gone for like three days. So yeah. it's it, but it was something that I wanted them to think like when you get home, mom's not here, but I got you something. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm not done with the book. Right. So I'm halfway done, but yeah. I'm excited to teach me. Um, and you know, some things I'm going to learn just kind of building relationships and making sure people know that you care about them. And even if it's not knowing that you care about them, but maybe there's something significant in their lives that they value. How do you make that a big deal for them? Right. Very true. Well, this has been awesome having you on here. Like I said, this is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. Whenever I started putting together my lineup of rise from the shadow speakers, I didn't really even give you a choice. I think I just called you and I was like, you're going to be on here. Um, just so you know, and then I've been reminding you like constantly about it. What final comments do you have for all of our listeners out there? Building relationships are important. Um, I think it's also making sure that we take time, whatever our family looks like, right? So if our family is wife, kids, spouse, husband, any of those things, but also your military family can also be your family and to hold that and to cherish that appropriately. Also to challenge your inner self and to make sure that you are being courageous and whatever that looks like, whether that's feedback for your airmen, whether that's feedback for your family members, um, trust the process, right? I think that there's a lot going on. 2020 was a crazy year. 2021 has been, you know, a little bit crazy as well. We're trying to get out of the COVID environment. We're trying to make those personal connections and relationships again. So trusting the process and just making sure that you are trusting in yourself, trusting in the people around you. Um, Try to have empathy uh, for people that are going through things. And then also transparency and vulnerability, right? You can't you can't resonate with someone if they don't think that you've gone through anything ever. So just being a little bit vulnerable, letting people know that you care, and then just like really listening. You can hear people, right? But are you actually listening? So I think there's kind of a difference there. So thank you, Bodie, so much for having me. It's amazing. I wanted to come on your show. Um, I love everything that you do. And I appreciate you always trying to connect us and, you know, caring for my cadre, because you are always there for all of us. And we appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you got an awesome cadre. And uh, I was actually fortunate enough to be able to go to Langley uh, and teach at the schoolhouse, which is really cool, really cool experience uh, to get to do that. Not too long ago. I think it was maybe like what, two months at the time we're recording about two months, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for trusting me to go to your school and teach. Um, and yeah, for just being an awesome friend too. Awesome friend. And this was a, a no brainer to have you on here. Uh, enjoying our list of Rise from the Shadows briefers. But uh, they want to find out more info about you or find out more about your story or connect with you. Where could you point them? Um, anywhere, really. Like, so Facebook, Instagram. Um, you don't have LinkedIn, do you? 
I don't. I should get it. I really you're, you're a commandant at Langley Airman Leadership School and you don't have a LinkedIn. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm gonna work on it after this. We'll have to yeah, it's we'll have to work on that. We'll have to get you set up on LinkedIn. All right. So she will have a LinkedIn by the time this drops as well. Thank you very much, folks. That is going to conclude this episode of Rise from the Shadows.